we bask in the suspense of the NHL's draft weekend and all the big trades that will be made and even more that we imagine will be made but won't. Let's remember one thing with the Penguins. Bullet Club is fine. The Penguins do not need an overhaul. They have all the necessary components to win the Stanley Cup. And we know that because this group won Stanley Cups in 2016 and 17. It's a loaded team. The flaws are either small or imagined. Bullet Club is fine. But some people are stupid idiots. One guy on my Twitter feed wants to trade Kessel, Hunwick, and Shane to Carolina for Hannafin. Sign John Carlson six years for $52 million. Modded to Calgary for a pick. Sherry to Buffalo for a pick. And sign Ilya Kovalchuk two years, $12 million. I mean, come on, idiot. You're not building a hockey team. You're collecting hockey cards. You don't need to trade Latang like someone or Phil Kessel like the Penguins were considering. You don't need some multiplayer swap shop. And you're not going to trade all your bad players for all their good players. So hey, Twitter idiot who wants to get Kovalchuk and anybody who thinks the Penguins need an overhaul, guess what? You just made the list. I repeat, Bullet Club is fine. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. 412-367-0815 is the number to call for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Uh, to recap what a caller said a moment ago about Kunitz, Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette, floated the notion that Kunitz wants to come back for one year. And I just don't want that to happen because I don't like to recycle and Sid would want to put Kunitz on his line whenever things got uncomfortable or Sid slowed down a bit. And Gensel is the left wing for Sid now. Period. So don't bring Kunitz back. Don't revisit. Let's let's move on. I'm a Kunitz fan. Good guy. Good player. Did a lot. Shouldn't come back. Let's go to Mike in the car. Mike, you're on with Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, big fan. How are you, man? Good. Good. Hey, I just was calling. Yeah, I've become increasingly irritated this summer because I feel like everybody in the city, you know, specifically for the media side, not you, but, you know, when you look at Yoey's articles and Mackey's articles about trading Phil, I'm just trying to... Well, I've written about trading Phil, and I know for a fact the Penguins at one point definitely considered trading Phil and spoke to a few teams about him. Now they're backing off on that, but that's what happened. Yeah, but in any trade that would send Phil anywhere, the Penguins would almost lose in every side of that deal. So I don't understand why. You know, how, who are you going to get on the open market that's realistically affordable that's going to replace Well, that's why you're not going to trade it, because you can't replace 92 points. And the fact that he right. irritates Mike Sullivan isn't a good enough reason to trade Phil Kessel. But Phil needs to grow up, too. I've come to realize that there are two sides to this friggin' story. And Phil got 92 points, so the coaches didn't hold him back too much. He needs to quit being a baby, because without Pittsburgh, Phil would be the fat guy who ate too many hot dogs. That's how the hockey world thought of him. He was the butt of jokes. Pittsburgh fixed him. 
And then how many more Stanley Cups do you think the Penguins will win in the Crosby era? I hate to predict that because it's so hard to win. Uh, case in point, they won in 09, then didn't win for years, and admit it, Brock, you had just about given up on them winning again, hadn't you? <laughs> Man, maybe a little bit. I was, I was a little, I was a little skeptical, but I thought when they made that trade for Phil, I thought you know it would maybe and, uh, the Sullivan, you know, the Sullivan coaching change changed everything. I think pretty quickly. Put, put, put it this way: it is reasonable to expect them to make another final with this group at the very least. I, I would be disappointed they didn't make another final. If they made a final and lost to a good team, I don't think you could bitch. If they don't make a final, you'd have a minor complaint. Only minor, but you could. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Allen in the car. Allen, you're on with Double M. What's up, Double M? What up? Uh, first off, let me preface this. I would keep Kessel and playing with Balkan. However, to build on what Mike Pursuta said, I mean, you, you, if you trade him, you open up space for Sprong, and you're also probably going to maximize return. Cause yeah, but you don't know what you have in Sprong. And you would be foolish to assume uh, some Jamoke from, from Holland can fill in for a 92-point guy right off the bat. And when you're talking about the Penguins, you're thinking what's going to happen right off the bat. Right now is all that matters. Where do you put Sprong then otherwise? Where does he play? I think he's going to start the season in the minors. Okay. I know they promised otherwise, but they also promised Pouliot was going to make the team last year and he wound up in Vancouver. True. And what do you think about Phil's value now being higher than it's ever been because of the way he performed? I don't think it is higher than it's ever been. I think everybody knows he's a pain in the ass. (laughs) No, bro, I'm serious. When a guy of his talent, we agree that Phil is a major, major talent, correct? Absolutely. When a guy that's that big of a talent gets traded twice before he's 28, he's a pain in the ass and everybody knows it. That's a good point. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Like I said, if it wasn't for Jim Rutherford having faith that they could make something out of Phil, Phil would still be the butt of the hot dog joke. He just would. That's fact. And I like Phil. I try to like Phil. I like him as a player. But he was the butt of a joke, and Pittsburgh fixed him, and now he's bitching because things aren't done exactly his way. F that. And this is me kind of finally seeing that through a shroud of wanting to keep Phil happy. Not that that was my job, but I think the Penguins organization tries too hard to keep him happy. He's just another employee and not nearly the most important one. Sid's more important. Gino's more important, Latang's more important, Murray's more important, Tom McMillan's more important, Jen Bellano's more important. Jason Seidling, not so much. Let's go to Steve in Lorain, Ohio. Steve. Hey, what's up, Double M? You're on with Double M. Hey, uh, you hit the nail on the head last hour talking about the competitiveness of fans. I'm a Pirates fan that lives two and a half hours away. I used to go to six, seven games a year. I've been to one so far this year. I don't know if I'll go to another. And I'm the kind of guy that gets pissed off when the Steelers lose, the Pens lose, the Pirates lose. And Hurdle has driven me crazy with his lineups, as you talk about all the time, the Rodriguez's and stuff. It's just, it's it's hard to stomach. It, it's it's really hard to stomach. Well, I mean, do you not go because of that then? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, for me to drive two and a half hours, I mean, well, don't I, you agree? I, don't you agree that there are different kinds of fans? Oh, and they absolutely. haven't lost fans to the ballpark. 
They haven't lost fans of the family outing, the kid thing, but they've lost a lot. Not all. You never lose all of a certain group. But they've right, lost I, a lot of the competitive ones, the ones who sweat winning. And that's the way I am. And I mean, I'm not saying I won't go to another game this year because I probably will. It's the summertime. I love baseball. I love the Pirates. But, you know, it, when the last few years, I would go once a month, you know, and I'd make the drive up there, you know, and see the team and, you know, the excitement. And it's, they just, they have taken the life and the guts out of being a, a Pirates fan. And it's, it's so disappointing, you know, because the Pens are always in there. The Steelers are Well, the Pens aren't always in there. The Pens well, had a bit of a lull before they got Sid, but they were planning on how to get back to winning ways, and they well, got there. Exactly, exactly. They have a plan. I don't think the Pirates have a plan. And, and, and now oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. They have a plan. They want your money. That's the plan. Let's go to Jim and Cranberry. Jim, you're on with Double M. Mark, thank you for taking my call. Right. Um, I've always been a big Wayne Simmons fan. The guy plays hard. He can score goals, and uh, he's a he's a tough, gritty player. I know he's a little older than he was a couple of years ago, aren't we all? But what do you think the likelihood is that Penguins would go after someone like that? I heard the Flyers might trade him. They would never trade him the Penguins. Do you like the idea of him fitting with the team, though? I have said if I could pick one player from another team to put on the Penguins, it would be Wayne Simmons. But the Flyers would never trade him to the Penguins. All right, appreciate your time. I mean, don't you agree? Um, yeah, I never really thought about it from that perspective. I just was thinking about it from how how good of a fit I think he would be. Oh, but you but you got to think of that uh, aspect of it. It's you like work, you're it, always it, three steps ahead of the rest of us, aren't you? I really am. Well, no, it's, it's elementary. I'll, I'll give you an example: Liverpool and Manchester United are, are, are two huge rivals in English soccer, right? Yep. I don't think a player's moved between the two teams in thirty or forty years. There are just some teams that don't do business with each other. Now, there are exceptions. Actually, Paul Ince with United and Liverpool. And Mark Recchi, the Rick Tocket deal back when. But I, I don't see it happening right now with that player. I should do free phone Friday for the next segment. Anything I'd like to talk about is okay. No, the pirate thing. Am I full of crap here or... If you never play Rodriguez and play Meadows all the time, I think that gets people to the ballpark. Maybe not a lot. But, I mean, I just, if I went to the ballpark and a 153 hitter was starting, I would feel cheated. I would feel bamboozled. I would feel gypped, swindled. I would. I mean, and that's just me. Or maybe it's not just me. And maybe that's why attendance is down 50% since uh, 2015. I Can somebody tell me why... Hurdle would play Rodriguez. Why would start him? A 157 hitter has started over a third of the Pirates games. A 157 hitter. And uh, I know I get thrown metrics at me by the below-the-line pretend media guys. But, but, like, is there anything that can justify playing a 153 hitter? I mean, whatever circumstance he's effective in, it hasn't been the case in over a third of the games, period. 105.90X. Uh, somebody talked about Jason Mackey wrote about bringing Kunitz back. You know who else got bought out of his contract? Uh, Kunitz didn't. He's a free agent. But Paul Martin got bought out in San Jose, and he's now a free agent. He's 37. I wouldn't bring him back. I I mean, I just don't like recycling in the first place. And don't forget, Paul Martin never won. He came in after 09, left before 16. 
He was on good teams, but never won. Uh, the Rolling Stones are touring. They're in Europe. I, I love uh, Ronnie Wood posts their set lists because he does a drawing uh, to post a set list. It's amazing, their songbook. And it's amazing how much they switch up the set from night to night. Like, I'm looking at the set for tonight in Berlin. And, like, they're playing Like a Rolling Stone, which they rarely play. She's a Rainbow. They're never going to not play, like, Sympathy for the Devil or Satisfaction. But, uh, again, what a songbook. And I can't believe those guys are still doing it and doing it as good as they're doing it. I mean, Jagger and Wood are just at the top of their game still Charlie Watts. Keith Richards is a little the worse for wear. He's not as good as he was, but he's still more than good enough, and you couldn't have the Stones without Keith. Let's go to Tom on Route 70. Tom, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. Big fan. Hi, Tom. Hey, um, as a parent who has a two-year-old at home, I know um, the World Cup's generating buzz always for young fans, and hockey's pretty big right now in America, but as if you had a two-year-old at home, what three sports do you think you um, would kind of steer them towards, safety-wise? And you know, for at, them to at, be at two years old, I'm not sure I'd steer them toward anything except potty training. Well, yeah, I understand that, but like, well, I guess better potty training. Well, when do kids get already, potty trained? I'm not a father. Watch TV. They're starting to kick balls around and stuff like that. But well, you know, hold when it, I'm, older, I'm confused. When do kids get potty trained? I don't um, remember. Around two and a half. Yeah, two, two okay, and a so half. Okay, so we my first school potty training. Okay, yeah, well, you can't go wrong with soccer. Okay. Soccer's ex- excellent in terms of promoting fitness. There's a lot of running. There's a lot of fun. The risk is absolutely minimal. It's cheap to play. That's what every kid should start playing as soccer. And, and unless I am badly mistaken, Tom, I think most do, right? Yeah, usually younger kids do. So go with soccer. And, and past that, are you familiar with a sport called jarts? Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Charge of those giant metal lawn darts. Yeah, we'll, we'll throw them with the with the kids. Soccer and then jarts and have pit bulls in the yard at the same time. Let's go to Josh in Maryland. Josh, you're on with the Super Genius. Hey, Double M, what's going on? What up, man? Not much. Hey, you know, I heard what you said about the Curdle playing Sean Rod. I think what's going on there is, you know, and you've, you've been around teams, you've seen coaches get an affinity for a certain player, and right, wrong, or indifferent, the guy could suck, the rest of the team could see the guy just not cutting it, but that coach sees something else, and he just keeps playing him. And, and but but how can guys. you keep playing him when he's hitting 150-something? I, I agree 100%, Mark, but I, I, know, I know I've been on sport teams, and I'm sure you have. I know you've coached and been well, around you know, you know, You know what happens sometimes is – it's not a matter of the coach believing in the player. The coach wants to prove he's right. Exactly. And, you know, I think he sees the Sean Rod from a couple years ago that beat the hell out of a Gatorade cooler and not the Sean Rod now that can't. Uh, yeah, the Gatorade cooler thing didn't do much for the Pirates in terms of winning any games. But, but I think he wants to reward the competitor. Exactly. But, but he stinks. 100%. He stinks. And at hey, some I, point, yeah. you just stink. I agree. And, but, you, you know, it's just. And I've been, you know, you see that, and it's like, man, this guy sucks. The whole team knows he sucks, but that coach sees something else, and it drives drives the players nuts, and it drives the fans nuts. Thanks for so. the call. When, when I coached hockey, and I know it was just deck hockey, and I was a really good coach, 
the only coach to win a world championship for the U.S. in that cocky, might I add. And boy, the way they run those teams now. Well, the adult teams run well, but the kids' teams. Uh, you know, I sound rot when I say it because a lot of kids from here get ready to go to those tournaments, and I wish them well, and there are a lot of good kids uh, from this area that represent the U.S. in those tournaments. But now there's two organizations, there's two world championships, there's three different age groups, 16, 18, 20, and it's just so diluted that we don't have a chance. If it was run perfectly, we'd have a chance, but you parents out there involved, you know it's not run perfectly. A lot of great kids from around here, though, and I, I do wish them good luck in the tournaments. But anyway, there have been times when I didn't think a kid was any good, and then he stopped playing for me, and I saw him later, and I couldn't believe I missed it, that he was that good. You know, but uh, it happens all the time. But one thing I feel very confident in saying is, Sean Rodriguez is not good. And had he been on any of my deck hockey teams, I would have made him the 10th forward at, at best. Not played very much. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Last night I turned on the power game. It's the third inning and it's 8-0. How do you watch after that? If you turn on the beginning and you see it get to 8-0, then you're a little bit invested in the game time-wise and you keep watching. But how do you watch a game you turn on and it's 8 nothing? the other guys? Didn't make for a good night in front of the TV, but I did what I always do. I switched over to reruns of that 70s show. I would like to do an entire show one day about that 70s show. What would I call it? i call it that 70s show show. Maybe I won't do that. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. You want to talk world... Oh, oh I want to get this in. A, a lot of Penguin fans... There was a, a report from Darren Drager in Canada that Caroline is close to moving uh, Jeff Skinner, the left wing, and that uh, the Penguins were involved in, in maybe getting him. Skinner's a good player, but I think he's a better Connor Sherry. I think he's another fancy-schmancy guy. I think the Penguins already have more than enough guys like him. I wouldn't be outraged if they got him. I just don't think it's a terrific fit. Well, actually, it'd be a great fit stylistically. I just don't think they need that guy. Now, since then, I've got a lot of people on Twitter saying they should get Max Pacioretty from Montreal. And Patchy already certainly is on the block, and there's a lot I like about him, but uh, I think the price for him would be too high. And I believe he's heading into the last year of his deal, which it means it'd be, you know what I call players who you get with one year left on their contract? A maxi rental. Uh, if you get a guy at the deadline, he's a rental. If you get him with one year left on his deal, he's a maxi rental. And he only had 17 goals last year. Now, he topped 30 in uh, each of the four years before that and got 15 in the strike season and got 33 before that. So he has scored, can score, but uh, I don't know. I think the price for him would be too high, but but that's a guy, the way he plays. He's a bit of a power guy, plays left wing. That would be a guy worth getting at, at, at some price, but not an exorbitant one. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. Uh, as I said earlier, Gene Steratore from Washington, PA, retired after 15 years of officiating in the NFL. 
He's taking a job with CBS as their rules analyst. And uh, congratulations to Gene, both on his career, on his new gig as well. I think he will do an absolutely phenomenal job at that. Uh, Here's some more hockey news. Uh, We've been talking all day about Jeff Skinner, uh, apparently on the move from Carolina. In fact, it looks like Carolina's going to make a bunch of trades. Pierre Maguire says that Skinner's going west and that by the time the first round of the draft kicks off tonight, Carolina will have three first-round picks. He expects them to get one by trading Skinner and one by trading defenseman Noah Hannafin. Now, what good that does, I don't know, because I think Hannafin's a really good young defenseman. He's 21 years old. Why would you trade him for a first-round pick? To me, he is still a good first-round pick. But uh, that's what Pierre says, and if the Hurricanes want first-round picks for those assets, then count the Penguins out on both of those because the Penguins do not have a first-round pick uh, tonight. Uh, Pierre Lebrun from TheAthletic.com says that L.A. was interested in Jeff Skinner, but they've kind of pulled back. Their primary interest is signing Ilya Kovalchuk, who's coming back from the KHL uh, to resume his NHL career at age 37, I think it is. Uh, besides the L.A. Kings, other teams interested are Boston, San Jose, and Vegas. Oh, no, Kovalchuk, 35 years old. Did you know he has a kid in Pittsburgh? I don't think the kid still lives in Pittsburgh, but he knocked up a stripper in Pittsburgh when he was training here at age 18. Hey, it could happen to anybody. But uh, but so uh, I think Vegas would be very ill-served getting Kovalchuk. I, I think in terms of... Chemistry, if you believe in that stuff, and I don't, not much, but he would not be a good fit in that regard. So LeBron says that L.A.'s kind of pulled back from Skinner and that Pittsburgh and St. Louis have also talked with Carolina about the left winger, Jeff Skinner, but uh, if they want a first-round pick, obviously the Penguins do not have one to give. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We were talking about how the Pirates may have chased away the competitive fans, the fans that go to the park to really try and win. Are you one of those fans? Is that the case? Let me know, 412-333-WXDX. We were talking about the absurdity of Sean Rodriguez in the lineup tonight. If I didn't know better, I'd say Clint Hurdle, the manager, is starting Rodriguez just to F with me. If you watched that game last night, ninth inning, Rodriguez is in at shortstop, went 0-for-1 after entering the game in a 2-for-1 switch, easy ground ball, throws it away. The guy stinks. He just can't play baseball anymore. And he keeps getting trotted out there for uh, way more starts than he merits. Uh, as I frequently mentioned, he started over a third of the Pirates games. And if you think that uh, you're tired of hearing me talk about it, I am much more tired of having to talk about it. Here's what their lineup should be. Should be Moran at third, Mercer at short, Harrison at second, Bell at first, an outfield of Dickerson, Marte, and Meadows, Cervelli behind the plate. You give Cervelli the occasional rest with Diaz. Maybe you play some splits type of matchups, lefty-righty, success or lack thereof against a particular pitcher, whatever. 
But that should be your lineup just about all the time if you're trying to win. Now, if you're trying to self-flagellate and keep everybody happy, then do what you've been doing. But you won't win. You know what? What the heck? You probably won't win no matter what, so do as you like. But it is uh, nonetheless aggravating. And as I've said repeatedly, if you're a paying customer and you go down there to see Rodriguez start or David Freeze start, or even at this point, Polanco starting, Osuna, God, it just, I can't imagine paying to see Sean Rodriguez start. And yes, I do pay when I go to the Pirate game. You know what I, I got uh, in my email today? I got approved, and I don't know who applied for it in my behalf. I got approved for Steelers media credentials, which is very nice, but I have no intention of ever going. Maybe if they ask nice. You know, and I, I don't dislike, like, Burt Lawton and his staff, they're the greatest. The media relations guy. I have a lot of respect for the Rooney family. Kevin Colbert, I like. But I just don't have anything in common with the people who play that sport. And I, I don't want to get caught with the in and out with those drunken lame brains in the parking lot like it's Kenny Chesney on a Sunday morning. I just I just can't see any upside for me personally to go to a Steeler game. I've gone to one Steeler game since Super Bowl 30, which I covered for the Post-Gazette. Since then, one game, it was the Ben comeback game after he got railroaded with that bogus suspension, and I went down there as a show of support. So I've done my part, damn it. 412-333-9939. We're getting close to Ask Mark Anything time. I, I want to recap something about Pitt, though. Pitt Athletics uh, got rid of Joe Giordano, the baseball coach. Technically, he resigned, but they they forced him out. Giordano had coached there 21 years. He had a pretty good record this past year, his best since Pitt had joined the ACC, 29-26. and 26. For the first time since Pitt joined the ACC uh, five years ago, Pitt qualified for the ACC tournament and got to the semifinals before losing. And now Giordano got fired. I think he's done a pretty good job there. It's tough to get good baseball players to play college ball in Pittsburgh. It's a cold-weather baseball school in the ACC, which has plenty of warm-weather baseball schools to recruit against. I think Giordano did a good job, but uh, Heather Lake's been there 14 months, and in that time, Pitts brought in seven new head coaches. Now, that's certainly her right to do as she likes, get it? Uh, In her role as athletic director... I mean, Stalling out, Susie McConnell-Serio out, Giordano out. But I don't like Pitt Athletics right now. I liked it better when Pitt had more Pitt people, when it seemed like tighter knit. I don't want to say family because you're only as close to your fellow family members as your one lost record. But now Pitt Athletics seem very mercenary, and they still don't win. So, again, they can do what they want, but, you know, between I, – I have no opinion on the basketball coach yet, but he seems like a good hire. The head football coach is a jackass, and I don't like him. I don't like the way he acts like it's East Lansing. Like, if I went in the same bar as Pat Narduzzi, more people would recognize me and get selfies and ask for my autograph. He acts like he's in the college town where it's really important. I would have thought when I only got 28000 for whatever Oklahoma State was ranked, eight or whatever, at Heinz Field, he would have realized then it's just not very important. 
but he's so self-important, and he just conducts himself in a bullying, reprehensible manner. I, I don't like him, and I don't have to like him, and I don't have to like pit athletics. But it's a shame because they really chased me away. I, I like E.J. Borghetti, their SID. I heard they might try to force him out, and he's been there forever. Uh, I just, I used to go, I, I bought season tickets to pit football back when. I used to really support pit sports, but they've just chased me away with the way they've, they're not like pit anymore. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody. Maybe it does to some of you longtime pit fans. It doesn't feel like pit anymore. When they had Wani and Jamie Dixon, it felt like pit. And ever since then, they've done a lot to make it not feel like pit anymore. But you know what? I don't go, so I guess I don't have a right to care. And I'm not going to go. Well, I'm going to go when Albany plays Pitt, the opener, because Greg Gattuso, uh, my buddy who used to coach Duquesne, played for Seton LaSalle, played at Penn State, too. He coaches Albany. Oh, wait, I forgot to tell you this story, which Greg Gattuso did not tell me. But he didn't deny it, either. There's some kid who's on Pitt's football team. I forget his name. He's a nobody. He was there for a year and a half as a walk-on, didn't earn a scholarship. So he wants to go play football at Albany. He never got on the field for Pitt. Never, not once. So he wants to go play for Albany. And I'm told he wouldn't be a starter. Would be like a depth player who played a couple snaps here and there. That's it. Pitt won't release him to go play for Albany because Pitt's playing Albany. Some like guy who might play at five snaps against Pitt in this game, which Pitt's going to win. I mean, I can't imagine Pitt won't. And Narduzzi won't sign off on the kid transferring. That's being a dink. Only switch the N and the C. That's being a dink. Narduzzi's a jerk. Well, I can't, I can't, I mean, I can't remember the last time I supported a team where the manager or coach was a jerk. I'm sure I have. I just can't think of it because I don't like to do it. Now it's time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-9939. Ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. A lot of praise online, both uh, national and local, on Twitter for Gene Steratore of Washington, PA, who retired today after 15 years as a National Football League ref and will take a job at CBS as their rules analyst. Uh, Mark Kabbalah, theathletic.com, said... Steratore was the best ref in the league, and uh, he's not the only one saying that. By the way, tonight is Sean Rodriguez bobblehead night. So even if you don't like seeing Sean Rodriguez play, well, that's tomorrow night's the bobblehead night. Or tonight, I'm not sure. I'm not going either way. Rodriguez is playing tonight, so I think the bobblehead night is tomorrow night. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Oh, uh... Al says Sean Rodriguez bobblehead night is tomorrow night, so I'll take it at that. Ask Mark Anything brought to you by Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar, the city's best seafood and chop house located in the Strip. They always have my Super Genius Burger, but I they like barbecue outside, I think, certain nights at Chapino, And they like have barbecue turkey legs tonight. That would be unbelievably good. One of these days they need to send a barbecue turkey leg out here for me. That would be unbelievable. Let's go to uh, Kevin in Belleville. Kevin, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. Uh, I was wondering, if you're driving in a car at the speed of light and you turn the headlights on, would anything happen? 
That that's a good question. Except you can't drive a car at the speed of light. Hypothetically. Well, but you can't. There's no point in answering something that can't uh, happen. I mean, in, don't, in and don't for, and don't for, and don't can. forget, because the headlights are in your car, they would be accelerated along with your car at so the I, speed of light. Right, but I think it would probably just be the same business as usual. I don't know. I think the light might go double the speed of light. It's, uh, it might add to it. You know, if you jump out of the car, you're going 60, and you jump forward at 5, you're going now 65. So might be the same. I don't know. I thought you would know. Thanks. How could I know that? How could anybody know that? It's something that can't happen. That's People gave me a hard time the other day when I talked about how great Jaws was. Because it was a horror movie that could happen. I don't like movies about things that can't happen. That's why I never saw Star Wars. Any of them. Never watched E.T. All those dumbass, lame-ass... Well, I, I watched a couple Star Trek movies. But those were so campy. They were funny. I saw I saw those as comedies, period. Although Indiana Jones had, had some basis in... I never watched those either, though. I just don't watch those long, drawn-out... Oh, by the way, I had to get this in there. Mindy Kaling, who I think is really funny, complained because they did an Ocean's 11 movie, Ocean's 8, that was all women, and people didn't like it, and she said it's because movie critics are sexist and white. Maybe it's because the movie sucked. No, I didn't see it, but I'll tell you one thing. They did that all-female Ghostbusters. That could not possibly have sucked worse. It was like they made a movie with the intent of sucking. Not to be critical. Let's go to Ian on the parkway. Ian. Ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. Ian? What do you, uh, Days of Confused is the best uh, coming-of-age movie. Agree or disagree? It's really good. I really enjoyed Days to Confused. It's it's a good 70s coming-of-age movie. What do you think is in the same category? Because I can't think of one better. Uh, Fast Times. thought you might have said that. Was oh, Fast movie. Times was better. Yeah, I figured you would say that. Fast no, Times was better. Fast Times confronted, you know, the virginity issue, the pregnancy issue. It was a comedy, but it was a bit more serious when the, the context of comedy. Don't you agree? Yeah, and those issues, like that, Days of Confused really only address the quarterback, whether to be a sports guy or a outcast kind of guy. Yeah, and, and that's kind of a that's kind of a shallow look compared to teenage pregnancy and being taken yeah. advantage of by an older man. Although, you know what the tiebreaker got to be? The Phoebe Cates topless scene. I, I mean, seriously, Fast Times even addressed being caught masturbating. That's a pretty serious issue when you're young, I seem to recall. Let's go to... Scott and Scott Township. Scott, ask Mark anything. What up, Mark? What up? I got two quick questions. Uh, first, would you ever consider um, doing uh, a whole show in the uh, Hulk Hogan voice? No way, brother. No, I and could. I, my voice would hurt after a while. Okay, not much. And don't, and don't forget, when you do the Hulk Hogan imitation, you're not going to do it to say normal things. You'll do it to say Hulk-like things, Correct. That is correct. And you'd run out of Hulk-like things to say pretty quickly, dude. That's right, brother. In a second Well, I will is... say this. Like, like when I hung out with, like, Holland Nash and Waltman and those guys in, in WCW, we would sometimes go entire days punctuating every sense with brother. And my second question, brother, is, um, is Jeff Skinner, is his father none other than WWF superstar Skinner? What, Steve Skinner? Kern? Yes. 
I hope not. Yeah, we would do that. We would punctuate every sentence with brother for like days at a time. We would also, Conan had this uh, thing to start his promos. We'd say, let me speak on this. So we went around like for, for three weeks saying, let me speak on this all the time. And Bischoff came into the dressing room one time and came up to us and said, look, this has to stop. Was driving him nuts. Let me speak on this. Uh, let's go to Paul in the car. Paul, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, how you doing? What up? Hey, I just want to get your take with the whole rise of safety in sports. When should the youth be getting on the ice for ice hockey, or should they be starting out in deck hockey or roller hockey? Well, you see, I don't necessarily see it as a safety issue. I think what kids need to do first and foremost is learn to skate. Get kids out there at a young age to skate. Obviously, learning to skate doesn't involve contact except for the occasional spill. Get them out there skating and start hockey You know, at a little later age, maybe six or seven. And I think they'll benefit for for being being a comfortable skater at that point. You think just going out even with some parents, just, just skating out, not a big deal. Just as long as they can learn to skate first, it's all right. Yeah, just just get them on the ice as often as they want to be. I mean, never force them to do anything. But but if you can't skate, you can't enjoy hockey. When kids are learning to skate and play hockey at the same time, they get frustrated very easily because they can't come close to doing what they see on TV. You get it? I got it. They need to learn to skate at some appreciable level first. I mean, they don't have to be, you know, uh, Dorothy Hamill. But they, they they need to be comfortable on skates to learn to play hockey. Let's go to Zach and Moon Township. Zach, ask Mark anything. Zach, you're on the air. Let's go to Mark on the Hill. Mark, ask Mark anything. Whammy! Yep, good call, Mark. Good stuff. Excellent. Let's go to Peter in Peter's Township. Peter, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. Any relation of Eric Bischoff and the E.V. Bischoff you see around Pittsburgh in real estate? I I would say no, except I I will tell you, Eric in his teen years lived in Monroeville. I can't imagine it's a relation that, that I wouldn't have heard that. But Eric, Eric, I think, was an Army brat, and he moved all around the country as a kid. Or maybe his dad was in some kind of business, but he lived in Monroeville. Ask Eric about Monroeville Mall. He'll talk about Monroeville Mall uh, very comfortably. Let's go to Jeff in Irwin. Jeff, ask Mark anything. Hey, I'm taking a buddy of mine to Pittsburgh for a strip club. Do you have any good recommendations? Uh, Blush cheerleaders. I mean, they're the big two. Club Erotic is good, too. I mean, you can't go wrong. Okay, now is there any I need to stay away from because they're crappy? I would never say that on the air. I mean, you know, I mean, Spearman Rhino on the north side's fine, too. I mean, just, you know, what are you looking for? What what kind of experience are you looking for? Um, basically, like, good entertainment, girls, stuff like that. Are you looking for maybe girls who will bend the rules? Yes. Go to any of them. Rules? What rules? Go Bucks! Don't forget Sean Rodriguez bobblehead night is tomorrow. 105.9 X.